0: Hi, everyone. It's Peter. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Superficial Spirit. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to ask you to take a second to Review, follow, like, and share your favorite episode of The Superficial Spirit. Your support means so much to me. Also, if you see me on the street, don't be shy. Come up and say hello, okay? All right, now let's get into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Superficial Spirit, where we explore how pop culture affects our spiritual experiences. My name is Peter Breeze. Join me while we ask a very important question What the hell did pop culture do to me? Gotta give a fuckin' fuck. everyone welcome back to the superficial spirit so happy to be here again with you my millions of fans and we invite him on the show to hear what he thinks and he can also bench press a bunch of twinks <laughs> i can bench press at least two twinks would they have to be like stacked or would it be separate
1: um ooh, i could probably lift them like on so i could hold i could hold the like i could suspend them in the air hanging from each arm for sure oh and okay. in order to bench press them, I guess they would have to be stacked like vertically. Yeah.
0: Well, if I see you at a party sometime soon, I'm I'm definitely gonna make that happen.
1: Let's definitely try it. Um yeah, poo poo, like poo poo pee pee is my introduction for today.
0: Love it. You know what every time I'm like, damn, I don't have time to um to think of an intro, but then it just comes to me because I'm I'm incredibly creative and witty. Yeah, I, I, wish, I, I wish I were. Yeah, it would help if I were. You are. You are. Oh, thank you. Um, so I just got back from Toronto. Um, I was gone for a week. It was hell. It wasn't hell. But like, I, th- I, every time I go on a trip, I remember back to when like, I was first exploring spirituality. And I was like, trying really, really hard to change my life. Like, I'm not gonna party every weekend. I'm gonna wake up early. I'm gonna eat healthy. I'm gonna meditate. I'm gonna go to the gym and all this stuff. And when you first try and make those changes, it feels impossible. Or like you start, you so you start, you stop, you start, you stop. And it's like a it's um a trial and error until you like build a lifestyle that you feel is balanced and good for you. And I feel like after 10 years, I've gotten there. Every time I go away, I feel like a toddler because I'm out of my routine. I'm not sleeping in my own bed. I don't get to make my own meals. I have to socialize every day with family. And I was in Toronto, so I went to like some work things too in real life. And I found it so draining. It was also, there was a wedding. Um, It was a lot. And I came back, my head was throbbing. Like I actually feel sick after socializing. And I've Googled before, can you get headaches from socializing? Because I feel like I'm making it up, but I also feel like, no, my my body, I'm, like, I'm tired in my bones. My, my head is throbbing. I feel so tired and so drained. And I know that part of it was like, you know, traveling, flying for five hours, blah, blah, blah. But even if I go out for dinner with a group of people, I'll come back the next day. I am like social hangover. And I don't know if it's real. It seems like mixed, Um, like some things online were like- if you're holding your breath or if you're not like if you're talking, if you have like something to do with your jaw it can cause physical pain. No, I'm pretty sure this is just like emotional stress manifesting as like a headache. Oh, look at the pussy.
1: He was playing around my feet.
0: Oh. So yeah, um, that that was Toronto. I came back feeling like so tired and also really. It's bittersweet when you are feeling like you, you've you set up this routine that makes you feel super good. And then you leave it and you end up feeling like a child. I don't know if that happens to you.
1: Oh, it does. Like, did you stay with family?
0: Oh, yeah. With Evan's parents. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it is. It's insane how I regress to childhood when I have to be around my family like that. When I visit them in Calgary for whatever, a function, a wedding, Christmas, especially if I stay with them, which I've only stayed with them so far in my life. I think we're going to try and work on that next time. Um, stay somewhere else because it's insane how I regress and I get into the same like I mean my family has some negative communication patterns that like are not they're kind of dysfunctional and we just get into that and I'm like I know what's happening and I can't stop it like I don't know yeah
0: totally I feel like a child I feel like
1: I feel like how I felt you know because you don't have the freedom to you can't get in your car because you've left your car at home you know or whatever Mm -hmm. you can't go where you want you have to do everything the family wants to do and it's literally like being dragged around like a child again
0: yeah, it's awful. And I am an introvert. Like when I stopped partying all the time, I realized that I actually am not outgoing. I was just drunk and high <laughs> at the club. Um, and now like in social situations, like small social si- situations, I would say I'm outgoing. Like if you and I go out for dinner, I'm not going to be shy. But if I went to a party and there was a bunch of people, I would rather just like die because I it takes a lot out of me to like put that on. And traveling is fucking hard. Like Man, I really my meditation in the morning sets me up for the day. And when I'm traveling, it's hard to do that. Also, though, um, Evan and I talk about this a lot. When you are practicing something like mindfulness, or you're trying to bring like self awareness to everything you do, traveling and getting out of your routine is actually the time when you should be using those muscles, right? it's easy to be good or to like stay in your routine when you have complete control over everything that's in your life. But when you leave it, are you able to keep that mindfulness happening? Are you able to stay grounded and not spiral in your mind? And I, I'm, I'm so, so Um, it was an extra crazy trip because we were um, well, there was a wedding and it was a Jewish wedding and it was obviously very intense with everything that's going on um, in the world. So I think like, even, even like, the thought of going to it, I was a little like stressed because I just didn't Evan's family is Jewish. Um, There's obviously a lot going on um, in the world and lots going on in social media. And I found it. That's just sort of like looming in the background. So yeah, I'm back from Toronto. I'm feeling tired. I'm happy to talk to you, but damn the world is fucking crazy right now. Hey, it's fucking crazy.
1: I have my two closest friends are Palestinian. So it's a whole thing. The thing that has been crazy for me is just to like, I mean, obviously social media is like an absolute shit show and like, this is a propaganda war so i i don't like it's just it's difficult to trust anything but what i find people like always default to and this is something i like to i've talked about on the show before but i really like to um make the impression is that like everyone always immediately blames the media for their own under- misunderstanding of something so like i observe the same people sharing like one story and saying this headline is so pro one side it's so biased the media is disgusting and they're lying to you and then some information will come out that turns out that headline is actually completely true. And those same people will be like, well, the media lied to me about it anyway. And that's why I got it wrong. And it's like, no, you're looking at many different sources. You're, it's called confirmation bias. You absorb and you like the ones that that reflect your existing biases. It's not, quote unquote, the media. It's some of the media you're looking at versus other media. Some of the media has been right. Others haven't. The mainstream media largely got this one right. There was one, I mean, people will know if they're living in current day and time. They'll know what story I'm talking about. But the media largely got this one right, largely reserved having any definitive like positions on it, which is not the media's job anyway. And then everyone else reacts as if the media lied to them the whole time. The mainstream media got it right. Social media was misleading you. Your friends and your uh, contacts that you don't know, they were misleading you with like memes people made and videos they made and TikToks they made of their own accord without any information to go on,
0: right? And without any consequences for lying. Totally. Yeah, it's the response to an algorithm. This is the thing that drives me insane is because I see people passionately, constantly, confidently posting content, sharing it to their stories and just feeling so sure that what they're sharing is right, that it's um important that they want to align themselves with a side, definitely is what I'm seeing. But also their lack of awareness of where the content is coming from because we all should know by now that what we're consuming on social media is designed to create a reaction from us, good or bad, outrage or euphoria. Um, I just read a book called The Chaos Machine. It's about this is how technology was designed. And when things are going good and I'm getting all the Britney memes and I'm seeing housewife drama, it's like, great. I finished social media. I feel a little spicy, but I go about my day. When things turn dark, it gets really, really hard for people to remember. And I'm, I'm including myself because... I am, it's really easy for me to post about superficial things um, because I feel um, confident and comfortable sharing those things about Britney's pop culture or maybe something about Evan and I, when things get really hard with um, really important issues like a war, Evan's whole family is Jewish. I get really nervous about social media because I'm, I just, I can't even like when I'm lying awake at night, these past couple of weeks, I'm really trying to figure out internally with the knowledge I have personally with evan and his family over the past 10 years plus what i'm talking about with my friends plus what i'm seeing on the news what is it that peter thinks and i still am working through that and it's complicated for me that which is why i don't share it. but if i was to impulsively share everything that i felt validated my feelings there would be a lot of crazy shit on my instagram and it will probably vary from day to day because as the story unfolds this isn't just specific specifically with the war right now but like any topic that's going on in pop culture or mainstream media or even the fringe media things change so quickly and with social media it catches fire mob mentality happens people become really emboldened and think that they are on the right side and then in five minutes the truth of the situation can come out and everything is erased. And it makes me nervous. I cringe when I see people posting it. And I also find it extremely narcissistic that all of these like extremely privileged people living in North America feel like their voice is going to change the world or that it's adding something so important to the conversation that they need to make these reels and these lives. And they need to make art that represents the trauma that they're feeling and directly from the people. It's like, why, why do you feel, maybe this is my age. I don't know. Why do you feel like your voice matters so much in this situation that you need to post about it all the time? Why? What is it about you that you feel like this is important that you share? Why? Yeah. Why?
1: I mean, we were talking before the show and I said to you that like, I I, I don't, I don't, this is one thing. Like I, I like to talk about world events on you know social media like to just throw stuff out into the void especially if it feels like it implicates me like if it's lgbtq stuff and so on but this one just doesn't and i have no desire to get into it i have no desire to share with my following what i think like i said i have two palestinian best friends that's happening in the real world for me i just don't think there's anything I can add to this conversation by posting about it on social media and people will act as though your quote unquote silence is somehow permission, right. Or somehow co-signing to whatever the side that they're on to the, to, you know, to the opposite side of that, that you're somehow co-signing whatever it is they don't like that's going on. Um, And, and to that, I just say, go fuck yourself. I'm doing it. in I'm doing it IRL. Like I'm doing it IRL. I just have nothing to, I have nothing to say to these strangers.
0: This is this is this is the big difference too, and and this goes back to um, spirituality as well. Is when you're looking online to create a sense of um, a sense of not a sense of direction, but where you, when you're getting your grounding, you're sort of assessing where you sit in the larger story of the world and social media is the only way that you're doing that you're missing the human experience of it and it's the same with manifesting and crystals and all that fucking psychic shit you and i and jess used to talk about early in the show um you're missing out on real life uh experiences that could be profound or divine, if you're just looking at real life every day, the relationships that you have, the people that you see, the animals, the nature that can provide you a glimpse of the divine or be a spiritual experience because you're opening yourself up to what you can see and feel around you. It's the same with like current events and world events is instead of of digesting it all online and trying to gauge, get a, a sense of reality from that, talk to the people that you actually know go out into the community and talk to these people. If you're so, if you feel so strongly about this, that you're posting and sharing passionately about it, go and meet these communities and go and talk to them and see how that affects, ask these people what they need. Um, I know that that's not happening, at least with the people that I follow. They're certainly not going to any rallies. They're certainly not donating any money. I mean, they could be donating money, I guess. I don't know what's going on in the banks. And I guess they could be secretly going to rallies. I shouldn't say that, but it feels super shallow. And I think, with this particular issue because my family is jewish and i do have family in israel it is even more so feels really narcissistic and shallow for people who are not personally attached to it to feel so emboldened to share their side
1: yeah it's 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 kind of disgusting that something like this gets used as a clout battle online the same way I don't know. I guess I want to say less serious, less serious world issues. Do I don't know less serious. I don't know if that's right to say. I guess that's relative. You know, suffering uh, is relative. But but yeah, just it's if if you're not implicated, if you can't share anything, if you have nothing to add, it's disgusting to make this another yet another clout battle of you support a team. You know, a tribal thing. My team, your team. You supported the wrong side. Cancel her or whatever the fuck. Like yeah, it's it's very silly. And, um, the way that, uh, well, I guess I'll leave it there for now.
0: Yeah. I, um, I was talking to a friend recently and, um, she identifies as empathetic. She'll probably listen to this and get mad at me. I don't care. Um, Whenever something was happening in her life with her family, with her friends, with her work, she would get very upset. She would she would feel very emotional. And she'd be like, you know, I just can't handle what's happening to this person. I'm just so affected by it. And I'm like, bitch, no. You're putting yourself in the center of other people's drama and making it about you. The world doesn't revolve around you and your pain. And this we talked about fucking this in Choice of Sivan, and we're also going to talk about today, about like if something is going on in the world, you can have feelings about it, but don't make it, don't make it about you. It's not about your reaction. And social media has created little narcissists. We all have a brand. We all have a product. We all think we're famous. If we have 10,000 followers, like there's millions and millions and millions of people with a million followers on Instagram. Um, and I, I, it bothers me. Um, I don't like it. It feels super shallow. And um I don't think I don't think what people are sharing online translates to the type of people they are in real life. I don't think that they are actually pushing a cause or helping these people. They're just wanting that dopamine rush of sharing something that's going to get validation from people. That's what it seems like to me. I could be wrong. But
1: yeah, and like you can't everyone's going to have an opinion on, let's say, some breaking story that happens. I've heard this argument about the whole sort of media literacy angle about not to taking too quickly aside um, on a particular news story before there's facts that are out. There's an argument that follows something to the effect of like, we never have complete information. Therefore, if we're going to make opinions and like react to something, we just react to the uh, evidence that's available at the time. And while I agree with that, that doesn't mean share that opinion publicly and be wrong. It means if I think one side did this atrocity versus the other side. I'm going to think that and wait for more information before I say anything. Not that I personally, in this case, feel like saying anything at all, but like, yeah, we react to the information we have and you can have an opinion. I think it's likely that this side did the thing, but then- It's also fair to wait before you speak about it. If you don't have anything to add and you can't add any evidence to the story, you can't add any context. Like you just end up being wrong in public and looking like a fool and potentially looking well, like you support the wrong side, I guess. Right. I mean, that's the risk I think. And, 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 uh, you know, uh, I, I just have no desire to like preempt, especially in something that's a propaganda war like this. There's such a swirl. There's such a swirl of misinformation. There's such a swirl of, you know, mostly true facts from the mainstream media, but then there's sort of competing. There's, you know, people are aware that the mainstream media has, the Western mainstream media in particular, has a particular bias in this case. Um, But that's not reflected in the facts that they're reporting. It's reflected in the way they report those facts. It's reflected Mm -hmm. on what's highlighted in the headlines. It's reflected in what's buried further down in the story and what's not, you know. Mm -hmm. um, It's reflected in wording that, implicates one side in something versus the other side. I mean, that's those aren't lies, right? The media I, largely doesn't lie to you because there are huge consequences for it, but there are no consequences for your clout goblins online to lie to you, right? So,
0: clout goblins.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: anyway. Yeah, I, I like what you said about like, um, there's a bias, but it just doesn't change the facts of the situation. You can tell a story um and and guide guide the story, li- the person listening to the story in, in one way or another. I mean, that's what sales is. That's what the whole world is, right? You want people to buy whatever it is that you're selling, but um, it doesn't change the facts. And I keep thinking it doesn't fucking matter. That's my reaction when I see these posts is like what you think doesn't matter, but. We do know that social media does have real consequences. If you look at January 6th, if you look at elections, because I want to believe that all of these people posting won't affect things one way or another, but the truth is it, it, it can like things pick up momentum. It affects policy, public opinion changes, and then big dramatic things can happen. So I, I don't know where this goes. Like I, I, Media literacy is one thing, like watching the news and trying to be unbiased, but social media is too. And I think because it's so embedded into who we are and how we identify, I don't know how you separate that. I, I, like, I am... I mean, if anybody listens to the show, my identity is hugely wrapped up in early 2000s pop culture. I, I don't know how to separate that because it's so who I am. And I've been bombarded by those images forever. People who are 10 years younger than you and I, Derek, um, grew up in a very, in a much more turbulent time. Like They have less tolerance for things. And I don't know the future of the planet. Oh, here we go. What, 10 minutes in it, I'm talking about the future of humanity. But um, I have low faith, like the longer I'm alive, the less I believe in, in, in the world resolving any issues logically. And there's a podcast actually called case 23. It's an audio, it stars Julianne Moore and it's a dystopian, um, I don't, is it called a show? It's not a podcast, like this is a podcast, it's like an audio show, Um, but it basically takes place in the future and um, there's nonstop pandemics that basically the world slowly ends. But one of the things that happens in the podcast or in the show is... Slowly but surely, the justice system becomes obsolete because it's more important that we are judging people in the court of public opinion. So slowly, people stop going to court. They stop getting arrested. Something will happen. Social media, the mob, will, will deem, yes, this is okay or no, it's not. And then you basically get erased from society. You, you lose your family. You lose your job. You you go and, I guess, wither up on the sidelines. That is a totally realistic and in plain sight um, conclusion result destination that we could be heading to, mm-hmm. you know, like who cares what the law says if, if everybody else thinks something differently.
1: Lack mirror. What if Instagram, but too much social credit
0: score. Dun, da, da, yeah. Da, da, da. yeah. So there's that. That's that on world topics. Um,
1: so yeah, just, I short- mean, I guess if I was just going to wrap that up, media literacy, yeah. like you got to, you got to consider the source because, you know, it's just, it, it, there's just, there's a lot of swirl. There's a lot of impetus to lie going on right now. Both sides of this conflict have a lot of impetus and a lot of history of lying. This isn't a quote unquote centrist, like both sides take. It's just the fact the fact surrounding this particular conflict that that's the context. The context is there's a lot of lying going on at all times and you just have to start thinking about where did this come from? Did I hear this on Twitter? Was it? Did it, how reputable did it look? And did I even click the link to find out if the link actually went to X media site that it said Ooh. it went to? And what is that media site? You know, what are the consequences if that if that outlet? Lies. What are the consequences? Is it a big one like CNN that's going to get in big trouble? Now, of course, they do have a bias. They do flavor their things towards one side. That much is clear. Everyone knows that. But it's not going to lie about the facts. So is that, is it that, or is it like rebel media, which constantly lies yeah. and has and has an incentive to do so. Like and and no consequences and and no um uh no internal practices of correcting mistakes, right? Like yeah. it's just to just everybody wants to be the five-head genius that blames the mainstream media when they get something wrong, when they personally are are mistaken, right? And they didn't actually take the time to analyze the media they were consuming.
0: And are you really educating yourself by scrolling through TikTok and Instagram reels? Are you really educating yourselves you might be getting like you might be getting other people's opinions that make you feel like you're getting more insight knowledge But, I mean, how many videos were shared over the past couple of weeks that were debunked, that were fake, that were not even the city that they claimed that they were, that were old, that were video games? Like, yeah, just be aware. And if you can, talk to the people around you that may have personal ties to these communities and see how they're feeling. Same thing we talk about when the anti-trans rallies come up. And it's like, check on your friends who are trans, see how they're doing. How does this affect those people? You know, the people who are actually living and breathing this issue, not just you and your your in your in your silent little bucket honey so that's that on that in in other news and of equal importance Troy Sivan released a new music video um called one of your girls and uh I squealed obviously because damn he looks good in drag i have some um i have some actually um idea like some things that i I've, I've been thinking about him doing drag in this video one of them is like, okay, I think officially, 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 drag is like mainstream now. It's not shocking. It's not cool. I mean, I, not that drag isn't cool, but it's lost its shock value, right? If Troy Savon is doing drag in his music video and a very tame version of drag, then I think we've hit the point where it's like, okay, check. We've 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 seen all this drag. And you know what else I was thinking? Oh my God. Troy Savon doing drag in this music video and let's see how he incorporates drag into the future like if if this is something that he's going to continue to explore or it's just like a one time only thing because of the the subject matter of the song which we'll talk about in a second but all of the the drag queens who are trying to become mainstream pop stars and then you have a mainstream pop star doing drag and it's like in a second he has not erased what they've been trying to do but it shows you how easy it is for somebody who is not a drag queen to be a huge Huge platform do drag, and then other people like Priyanka or Adore Delano or P- Trixie Mattel, who are trying so hard to be taken seriously as 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 musicians and not fall into the category of drag queen music. Troy Sivan does drag, and it's like, wow, that happened pretty fucking easy. Not that he's a drag queen pop star, but suddenly the world's cra- suddenly the world's clashed, and I guess the impression I got was like drag isn't that special anymore because so many people adopt it into how they're presenting their pop music now, especially for a little Twinkie pop star like Troy. It's like, it just felt like it cheapened what drag queens were doing in a way. Really
1: interesting. I don't think anyone can cheapen what drag queens are doing more than drag queens do on the daily. Um, I I do think, I mean, I agree that it has certainly lost a cool factor that it had when it was counterculture. It's just culture now. It's not counterculture. That inevitably happens when... 40-year-old moms are taking their 12-year-old non-binary kids to a family-friendly drag show. Not counterculture. Um, so it has lost a cool factor. Um, that's not to say that there isn't a lot that's cool about it or that it's not cool, if that's what you think. Um, yeah. but it has lost edge. Um, I'm not sure what to think about because I had never thought of it the way you just put it, where there are drag full-time drag queens trying to make music, and then there are people who make full-time music that are dipping into drag. Yes. But I guess. I guess you can't simultaneously hold the belief that drag is for literally everyone and then
0: gatekeep who's allowed to do it when, right? Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm curious. Like, I, I assume that there's a lot of uh fans who have crossover with Troye Sivan. Like I'm assuming these people would also go to like a Shea Coulee show or like a Alaska 5000 show. I'm assuming like there there seems to be like that that crossover. Um I've seen yeah. try talk about drag drag queens. Um, so I don't know how they would interpret it. For me, it was like, oh, he just did that in one music video, what they've been trying to do for so long. That's yeah, how I but, felt about it.
1: But mainstream media has done this for a long time. You know, you talk about Medea, you know, your famous depictions of, 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 of drag queens or your famous pants parts in theater and TV that's been around forever as comedy done by straight people. And I don't know really how Troy doing it is, is any different except that it. The except the way in which it serves the purpose of his music video, which I do want to talk about. But I'm actually I am interested yes. in this take you have on the if if that you, you have on the sort of access to drag in the mainstream kind of part of it. So I'm interested in that. But yeah, I'm just not sure. Like I think it's I don't know I don't know um I don't know that we can like I don't know that we can appropriate anything more from drag. It sort of has been appropriated <laughs> to the mainstream as much as I feel like it's going to. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I guess I'm curious to see how
0: Troy evolves um, this kind of... Now,
1: the way that I feel like he's situated in the media landscape, I feel like Troy Sivan is pretty mainstream. Like, he's more mainstream than Orville Peck, I feel. More mainstream than like, I don't know, Adam Lambert or something. He's not really a niche gay celebrity, is he? Like, I feel like he's... Like regular straight people, just regular straight people throw it on and bop to it. I feel like,
0: well, this is the difference. This is what Orville Peck told me in a conversation when I was asking him to, um, for advice on drag Queens that I work with that wanted, wanted to get a manager in music. He said, um, if they're playing your music on the radio, they're playing your music in moxies then you are a mainstream artist. And when I go to the bank, sure. they play Troy Sivan. They're not playing Priyanka and they're not playing. And that's no shade sure. to these dr- dr- or Orville Peck. I mean, I've never heard Orville Peck on the radio. I don't listen to the radio a lot, but I've never been out and about and heard him in. in He seems more French. Um, Troy Sivan just um, kicked Drake out of the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100. So oh, yeah, okay. he's mainstream. Well, there you go. For yep. sure he's mainstream. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely mainstream. And I wonder, like, are there, if he does have fans that are not drag race fans, like, I'm assuming because he's gay, the people who like him will like all gay things or queer culture things, but that's not necessarily true. I wonder for the fans who maybe haven't seen a drag queen music video, they don't know how that would be possible, um, what they would interpret his his expression of drag to be, um, especially for the young fans who maybe have crushes on him, but he's gay and maybe they're straight women, you know?
1: yeah um i don't know i i i don't i'm pretty ambivalent towards his music but i actually really like him as a figure (laughs) i like how he's doing i I like how he's feeding the girls he's keeping us fed
0: oh he is yeah i feel like everything he does and um you know i i didn't get in trouble the last time we spoke about him but people people had opinions um And now, like this topic that he's singing about, um, essentially the song is called One of Your Girls, and it's about hooking up with somebody who identifies as straight and, and basically being whatever it is that they need you to be in that moment in order to have sex or hook up with them. And I just watched an interview with Troy where he was talking about... I mean you and I have talked about this the fetish—the fetishization of straight men and how gay guys not all because I know that you're not one of these people um, there's this like undying dream fantasy need to be validated by a straight man or to have sex with them um, and Troy talked about his own experience happening and how you know at the end of the night they call you at 3am they've been partying they suddenly want to you know S a D and so they give you a call but there's no emotional attachment and the, the exciting part Part of that is the physical, I guess, conquest or the physical experience, like, oh, my God, it actually happened. But then the dark and sad side of that is they are not emotionally available and they don't really care about you, generally speaking, as people. Um, Maybe they care about you as a friend, but it's never going to be romantic. And this has been an ongoing theme in my life. And I think about this a lot. And I thought about it once I saw Again, going back to Troy being so important for me as a human being, as a gay guy who's alive in the world, watching Troy Sivan, I think he's in his late 20s, talk about the fetishization of straight men in a mainstream pop interview was like, holy shit. These are conversations that have only either gone on with other gay guys or in my own head. And the fact that it's happening on a bigger scale now is really fucking cool and important to me. Like when I think back to why Peter are you so obsessed with straight guys and why this why has this been an ongoing theme for you i know why i grew i didn't know any gay people growing up so whenever i was close to a guy they were straight I didn't have any gay friends until I was like in my late teens. So all of the crushes that I had when I was in high school um, and first coming out were we're straight guys. So automatically that is where your desire is directed. Also, there wasn't a lot of queer celebrities in pop culture. So again, when you are fantasizing about men that you find attractive, by default, they were all straight. So already going through puberty and realizing that I am gay, All of my desire is focused on these men that will never actually like me. That's one thing. Second, when I started partying and in the clubs, I attracted a lot of fucking straight guys. I was young. I was thin. I was feminine. I think it was, it it was, it was. Comfortable enough for them that I wasn't like this big butch hairy guy that they were scared to have this experience. But it happened over and over and over and over again. I would meet these guys. They would have a crush on me. They said they've never been with a guy and that they're straight and they're with women now. They're married. They have kids. But for whatever reason, at that time in their life, we had a moment. And it happened enough that I know that it's possible. That's the second thing. It's happened to me a million times. Third thing porn. There's a lot of porn that focuses on the the um the seduction of a straight guy. And I actually think this is dangerous because when you meet a straight guy and the feeling is reciprocated and you kind of have a flirty moment and you guys hook up, that's great. It's like a fun thing. But the other side can be true where like the feeling isn't reciprocated. You're, you're projecting that experience onto this person and you're pushing for it and it's not going to happen. And you're putting the strike on a really uncomfortable situation and potentially dangerous. If you cross the line, make him super uncomfortable and something bad happens. I think this is why a lot of um, trans sex workers end up in really violent situations is because it's not, well, sometimes the men might not know. And sometimes, they do, but they're repressed sexual energy and they, it's confusing for them. But I I love and hate this about myself because I know that I've put myself in really risky situations and also maybe inappropriate situations where I was hoping something would happen and trying to make it happen and it wasn't going to happen. And I think this Troy Savon music video has really brought up a lot of emotions for me. And I hope this conversation happens more because it. there are, first of all, if you're hooking up with a guy on Saturday night, you're not straight you're bi or maybe you're fluid but like we need to stop saying these guys who hook up with boys are straight and they're just having this one off thing straight people don't hook up with gay guys right they hook up with women i guess i don't know i don't i don't know
1: i don't really care i mean i look i, I would identify as all the way 100% gay but sometimes i think it could be nice to get a, a favor from a lady like in a dark room if she is built like a blow up doll you know if i can sort of dehumanize her because she's just she's like a sex object that I can, I can get with that. Um, but so I don't really care about the label, but, um, I I I just I love I love that Troy can spark these conversations for us. It's actually really exciting, genuinely, um, that this is a mainstream pop figure who can talk about all these things that we everyone is we've all experienced this. We all have we, we're all aware of grappling with this as an issue, but no one has ever expressed it in a pop song before. It's, it's genuinely really exciting. Now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's true. Like when I was in high school, just like you, like there were just not gay people around and you develop crushes and you if they're your close friends you can kind of fall in love with your close straight friends and that's a conundrum um so i think that's that does happen um and i think some people will say well there's a difference between love and lust you are mm-hmm. just in lust with straight guys and i don't think that I, who, who's to say what someone is feeling like when children not children i guess but when young adults get developed crushes and start to feel like they're in love who who's to say that they're not in love. My love has changed. Like, I love differently now. I love in a more healthy way now. But who's to say, right? You know, those Britney Spears songs, I Was Born to Make You Happy, melodramatic, they're about love. How can she know anything about love in the world? Well, we don't get to say who feels love when and where. Um, so, fine. Um, but, uh, you know, as an adult, when I'm not inundated anymore by only being around straight people and there's no queer representation on TV, that, you know, there is all that. I have access to all that stuff now. I guess I find. I, I I guess I find continuing to fixate on straight guys a, as a fetish to be extremely creepy because like sexually pressuring people just is extremely creepy and I just feel like I've been around and I've been in enough scenarios where someone, did seem to think being straight was in and of itself super hot and would do their, they would drop coy little hints to the straight guy or they would just, they would, they would turn to me and say, Oh, I want to do this or I want to see this. I want to see him do this or like, oh, look when he bends over, isn't that great? And I just, it creeps me right the fuck out. Cause it's all sexually mm. pressuring stuff. And I like, yeah. no one deserves that. Um, yeah. you know, um, so there's that. I, I really don't like it. And um, genuinely like I'm not attract when I find out someone is straight that it puts it's like it's it's like a an automatic like wall goes up and I'm like, okay, like I'm just I cannot be interested. I will not be interested and it's not something I work for I just I'm not it's a turn off to not want me. you know it's a turn off yeah. to me if you don't want me. Nothing is more attractive than being attracted to me um <laughs> which I guess makes <laughs> me sound easy and some would say I am um but <laughs> um <laughs> so, Like, I guess, um, like people, I I can't help but find it homophobic, right? I can't help but find it internally homophobic to be obsessed with straight guys, because what are the qualities of being a straight man other than being straight, like that you desire? I think it's being a a real man, right? I think that's a dimension Mm -hmm. of it for a lot of people. I think it's, that's a real man, So you're simultaneously saying you're not a real man, which is pretty self-hating. And also you're indicating that there there is, that it is in fact being gay that you hate. It couldn't be clearer, right? It's Mm. being gay that you hate, because if what what you're attracted to is qualities, masculine qualities, well, anyone can have those. Gay men can have those. And in fact, many gay men do. Many gay men are way more traditionally masculine than straight men. Many, way more masculine, right? Um, so it can't be that because they'll say things like, like, I've heard this before. Oh, I, you know, I could be attracted to masculine qualities, but then they'll do something that gives them away and I'm no longer attracted. And I'm like, what can a gay guy do that gives them away that a straight guy isn't capable of doing nothing? Did he move his wrist the wrong way? Did he order too fruity of a drink? No, clearly the thing you hate is that this person is gay. You do not like that. They are gay because there's no quality, no trait or behavior that can't be shared between both gay and straight guys. Yeah. Like you've just admitted that what you hate is the fact that someone is gay.
0: I um I don't disagree. And I'm thinking about myself growing up and how there there's two things. I mean, being gay and being teased is one thing. And I mean, you have to really find your confidence. And I think that I did, but I was also within the gay community not considered like. When I say I wasn't considered desirable, it doesn't mean like people didn't want to fuck me and I didn't have sex with people. It was like when I was at a party, I was like the feminine flamboyant club kid. And I, I never felt like that was the desired thing. And you and I talked about this with Troy Sivan, Right. So I think the straight guy thing for me, too, is like, yeah, there's a super, there's a su- superiority in masculinity and the 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 pinnacle of masculinity is being straight and actually being homophobic and not liking gay guys. And logically, hearing you say that it all makes sense emotionally. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, I I agree with you. I don't think anybody should be sexually pressured. And I cringe to think that I've ever done that to somebody. But there's a lot of problematic messaging within the gay community and within porn and within like just the world in general where you have to really fight against these stereotypes. And um, there are a lot of hot masculine gay guys. You're right. Like, Why wouldn't that be the object of your affection? We talked about the damn blank profiles on Grindr too. And it feels like, you can be proactive about moving away from these, I guess, problematic attachments, and then also encounter them on an ongoing basis and have to be like, see, it is it is part of the experience. I'm not just making it up in my head. I mean, this is something a lot of gay guys experience. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I think at a young age, we internalize that being gay or being feminine is not sexually attractive. And so we hyper, I don't know when it happened. This is like, honestly, being so young, like I don't remember a moment when my focus turned to straight guys and I found them. Oh my God. So fucking hot. It was probably a process and a journey, right? I'm sure that people who are coming out now in the world with drag race and Troy and, lots of queer content on TV they would just gravitate towards the people that they knew were gay i'm thinking because there's also a smaller percentage of gay guys i think it's inevitable that at some point you encounter somebody that you're attracted to who is straight because there's just less of us in the world but you're you're right it's it's definitely an internal struggle i think with acceptance and confidence and value for sure
1: yeah and it's not i'm not saying you can't picture a particular straight guy when you're fantasizing or anything like that Yeah. I I mean, I follow hot straight guys on Instagram. I clearly want to look at them and find them like sexually attractive, but it's not, it's not, uh, it's not fetishizing them for being straight. It's literally just a visual, like a nice picture to look at for me. I don't
0: know. I'm curious how this will, um, this will evolve for Troy and other people in, in the, the community and also pop culture at large. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that more people come out and talk about experiences like this. I've actually invited, um, at least two boy like we weren't boyfriends but we were definitely like kind of when we were in our early 20s and I wanted to get them on to just talk about the experience like you know do you want to come on and share it but they're like no nope, can't do it like just I'm too shy and I wish they would because I, I think destigmatizing it would make it like take away those weird pressured sexualized fucking weird experiences and make guys feel like they could explore it without the pressure of feeling like they're gay suddenly because they're attracted to a guy once in their life. Same with you. I meet girls all the time where I'm like, I get it. I totally get it. Sexuality is a spectrum, honey. It's a speedometer, just like gender, you know, it can, it can come, it can time and place, you know, like very, there's different variables that go into why, somebody is attracted to another person and why at some point they can acknowledge that person is is attractive. I'm not going to pursue it though. Or that person is attractive and tonight's the night I want to try. Um and and long may Troy rain reign by guiding us towards these conversations it's interesting like imagine 20 years ago justin timberlake was the biggest pop star and now Mm. by the way i'm so annoyed that i just bought a justin a vintage justin timberlake concert t-shirt and now all this stuff is coming out about him and britney
1: i actually love that now though i love that for you now it's like kind of like a it's like a troll to wear that
0: oh okay okay
1: yeah yeah, like I like that. Standing Justin Timberlake after the, like, small penis allegations, you know? Yeah. Kind of based.
0: Kind of based. Yeah, it's a cool shirt. Um, Damn, he did not age. Like, his whole image did not age well, hey?
1: No, I mean, we've just looked back on so many moments and been like, oh, he was the asshole.
0: <laughs> I mean, we kind of knew that, but I think we were skewed. Well, no, we, like, the rumor was Britney cheated on him. Which I think she confirms in the book. I'm trying not but, to but read now that it line. sounds
1: like he cheated on her first, though, is what it sounds like.
0: Oh, fucking That's, asshole. Th- there's
1: I don't remember if that was one of the excerpts I read, but Oh, Alyssa was so Milano, many...
0: wasn't it? From the Charmed, I think. No idea.
1: Um oh. but I just I know that I read an article by someone who had read the book. And I don't remember if I read a direct excerpt saying that, but it really seemed like he had gone away and cheated first. Because I mean they they broke up when he did the Crimea River thing or whatever. Like they seem to have broken up right after she cheated, basically. That seems to be the reason they broke up. So if he was already cheating while they were together, then obviously it was before they broke up, you know? So it seems like he did it first.
0: I'm uh I I you know, you and I have speculated about Britney's book if it was gonna be what we want it to be. And I don't think I don't think it is. I think she's gonna like like as a super fan, I'm gonna be really into like the stories behind the scenes things about like maybe other celebrities. That will that will like get me excited, but I already know from talking to people that she doesn't reveal her mental health diagnosis. Um, she doesn't talk about lip syncing. She, I think she says her favorite drug was Adderall, which is like, okay, yeah. womp, womp. Um, she talks about Paris. I know she talks about Christina, Madonna, um, Lindsay Lohan. That will all be juicy for me. But I think generally speaking, I'll get to the end of the book and be like, well, kind of already knew that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've looked at like articles saying here are the, you know, top nine takeaways. None of them are revelations. Nothing. Yeah, new. and it's in fact exactly. It looks like exactly what you and I talked about on this show. Not wanting to see, not wanting to hear about the fucking Python performance because there's. No, yeah, who cares? Oh, she says something cares? about. I, I, it came up and hissed at me, and oh, okay, I don't give a fuck. I don't care yeah. about any of her past performances. I don't care about her former glories. I, yeah, you know, pun intended, glory. Um, I just, you know, it sounds like that's all it is. It's just. Things we knew, but Britney telling it firsthand instead of it being told for her. And what that reveals, and without any new interesting details, right? And what that reveals is actually the secretive information we were getting about Britney Spears, or at least since the conservatorship has ended, has been totally accurate. These unnamed yeah. sources that that feed information to the public about Britney Spears are true. They're correct. I did um I did get the audiobook on um a popular audiobook site. I mean, we're not sponsored, so I'm not gonna say, but you know the one. Uh, You can sign up for a free trial and you get two free credits and then you can just instantly cancel so it doesn't auto renew, but you still get to keep your two credits.
0: But Derek, I was going to buy you a a copy and send it to your house.
1: I don't think we should spend any extra money on it.
0: Yeah also what time. happens from here you know it's like britney is so is so done with the f- and she also deleted her fucking instagram or like deactivated yeah. it again hmm. um and she was saying she wasn't happy with the headlines what exactly weren't you happy with like you didn't think people were going to talk about the fact that you're dishing on justin timberlake and that you had an abortion Henny is the that what is that the headline she's talking about well, I mean, I don't know. She said it was not her intention to upset people. Oh, okay. Uh, she didn't want to hash the hash. She it wasn't my intention to ha- um like bring up my past again. Mm, I'm sorry, sure it's a memoir. Book.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: know what you wanted. Yeah. Well TBD. We'll see what happens. Um, okay. Anything else about Troy or or global politics that you want to share?
1: Um. No. I've said it all. We stand. Um. We stand. Troy. And I. We
0: stand. Troy. If he ever comes, we need to. We need to go see him. Um. Kim Petras was just here, but I heard no. The twenty sixth. Oh, she hasn't come yet. Wait. How do I
1: know this better than you? You're literally her booking agent.
0: Wait. 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 I thought she was just here. Am I crazy? Okay. Maybe I'm no. gonna have to go. Oh, I'll see if I can get his tickets. Yeah okay let me let me let me see what i can do um and then what we can we can recap and see what happens but it's nice seeing you again i need to go veg on the couch and like get over my toronto hangover from talking to people it's so hard being social yeah i
1: know and in bursts like that without a break you need to
0: you need to rest and then you yeah. do okay well that sounds like a great saturday talk to you soon bye, bye. I'm not sure what the